And it's like building that wealth. So many people aren't taught these things. You're not taught in high school, not taught in college, in investment classes or anything like that, what a good rental property will pay you, what is cash flow. Well, now we've got such a highly consumptive society, we'll spend 1500 bucks on an iPhone, but won't think about refinancing to a lower rate or get a 15-year mortgage, so one day we're building equity quicker, the house is paid off. And none of that's taught in school. And I've seen what works and what doesn't. I'm sure you see it on your level with yes. commercial properties too. Highly successful people and how they leveraged assets to get ahead and make and create a, you know, a living. Welcome to the Performance Mindset Podcast. And I'm your host, Amy Calandrino, CEO of Beyond Commercial. After a decade of providing expert commercial real estate advice and consultation to the business owners and investors I serve, I wanted to share some of the most inspiring and influential leaders I've met along the way. The goal of this podcast is to share valuable insights from these impactful individuals, as well as business and commercial real estate trends. If you want to grow, you're tuning in to the right show. Well, we are back for another performance mindset podcast. I actually have someone in my office today. And uh, as you know, the podcast exists to meet with impactful and influential leaders in the Central Florida community and, and beyond. I consider Cleve to be an amazing resource for me. He's been in residential real estate, property management, just really cemented in the Central Florida market for over 25 years. And also you do coaching as well. I've had a business coach and and a performance coach and it enables me, I've got a network of about 500 of the best mortgage and real estate agents around the country that I can hear what they're going through and compare notes on what's happening in the markets and what they see. And it helps us kind of interpret what's going on here in Florida. Yeah. So, so name of his company is Loveland Properties. And so I want to kind of go through your history and okay. how did you get into real estate to begin I, with? I was mom's retirement plan. Um, <laughs> she, got, she got in the seventies, uh, late seventies. And I, I should have joined her right out of high school, but I took, I did a, a little while on retail with a grocery store until I just got tired of working 70 hours a week. And um, I started with her and she kind of got me running. And one thing she had done, she had sold her brokerage. Everybody thought, you know, you'd be a real estate broker. And I guess it's kind of an oxymoron. Most of them are broke. Right. And, <laughs> I don't know if it's an oxymoron or synonym, but she has a team. And she did this in the in the 80s, which nobody had done before. And she just mm. had admin help because as the realtor, as a professional, we're counseling people. I don't know how to get your photos uploaded. I don't know how to Right, you know, get you input into the computer, but I can tell you what a good price is. How do we negotiate the best offer on that? What's the best pricing for your investment property? Is that a good strategy? Is that a good neighborhood? What's your resale value? That's what I work on as a real estate. So we built this team. And then right after I got into real estate, like two years later, I got a radio show and that covers most of Central Florida. I've been doing that for 25 years now. So, yeah, so I travel just about anywhere within an hour of Orlando and interpret the markets for people. Real estate's the same wherever you're at. It's what's your market? Are you a 10 acre farm? Are you a golf front home? Are you a lakefront home? Are you a villa, a condo? Wherever you're at, and I help people with that. Because when you hire a realtor, you're really looking for somebody to produce, negotiate the best offer for you. That's the easy part. And you get all kinds of information out of your smartphone and all right. the, the apps now. But the realtors should be able to help you interpret what, you know, what your needs are and then what's your goal to get sold and where are you going and help you coordinate all those things. Yeah, it's it's so important. I see it in commercial all the time where I have to figure out, you know, how much can you sell it for? What, what are you going to go here? But like coordinating all that because yeah. there's so many different options and opportunities. And it's funny, you can't learn what you and I do <clears throat> right. in a book or you can't go get a master's degree <laughs> in, in, in the real estate. You don't get the real world experience because a lot of 
lot of what we really do is therapy and interpreting emotions. I know more so on yeah. my part. You get a lot of numbers on your side. The numbers come through on my side. But I've got to talk the mom off the ledge when she's selling the home that her kids grew up in and the son went to prom and they took pictures on the steps with the date and everything. <laughs> and it's like, but here's what's next. You know, what's your next step for your family? And that's what I help people get through. And, you know, and, and investment properties, you know, what's best for them, what's what's real, what's going to make them money and what's a loser. You know, there's yeah. so many shows that glamorize, you know, flipping homes. That's a tough business. I, I've met very few people that do it and do it well. I've met hundreds of investors that own big, big portfolios of investment properties, yes. commercial and residential. And that's what we kind of help people with. So. Yeah. Awesome. So what do you think sets you apart from the rest of the industry? I'm very proactive. I'd say I have a lot of people calling me that have been on the market for 60, 90 days. They don't know what's going on. And the market is still moving. Like even right now, Central Florida is moving through a slowdown. Interest rates are high. And we're going back to a 2017 and 2018 market before rates dropped really low. But a lot of people don't know that, you know, if a house doesn't sell after two or three weeks, it's usually just price unless there's something seriously wrong with it. Car right. on blocks in the driveway, a billy goat eating the lawn. <laughs> and I can show you, you didn't sell, but two or three of your neighbors did. And we got some feedback and you had 10 people through, which is pretty good activity and uh-huh. interpreting that. But we need to paint the purple bedroom and, and cut your grass and get the billy goat out back, give them way to the petting farm. But I do that for people, but a lot of realtors weren't taught that. And right. Real estate has moved in the past 15 years to virtual offices, and there might be some training webinars, but literally people are working out of their houses. Their brokerage has an office suite somewhere where they just send in their paperwork for compliance, but there's no sales manager to tell them how to dress up a home. How do you stage it? Like I've got a free 50-point staging checklist. I have people call me all the time to solve that problem, and I, I look at their house, and I look at the listing, and it's just a couple quick fixes, you know, or they've got it locked down. Well, we only show it on on Friday afternoon for four hours, we don't know why we haven't sold. And, and some realtors just don't know what's standard. And the way real estate is splintered, you know, anybody can be a broker and, and you know, the average broker is like three or four agents. And there's no training on how to get a house staged correctly, what works and what doesn't, you know, and it's not a million friends on Instagram and her followers on Instagram and a bunch of friends on Facebook. It's what's going on in the market and the MLS is what works. So helping making sure people they've maximized their, their listing for that. And I think through your experience, you've probably seen different cycles too. I think that the number of even real estate agents that joined the Orlando Regional Realtor Association yeah. ebbs and flows. Yeah. I think there was a huge amount of activity of people coming into well, this estate, thinking COVID this is easy. Us down. Yep. Interest rates, when re- so we get a lot of people when the economy goes bad, because it's a very low barrier of entry. You pass that real estate test, you can get license. And then Real estate was so good, people could sell their sisters, brothers, cousins, and mothers twice over the past <laughs> three years, yes. and they made a living. And now you've really got to be the professional guiding people and counseling them on what's going on. I've had some people that have helped and say, hey, let's not sell, let's rent. You know, you need to move, let's let's rent and get your, you know, you got a great 3% rate, let's not get rid of that right now. Help some people do that and start start a rental portfolio. We help people do that instead of having to save up 30, 40, or 25, 30% to put down. Rent your old primary home. We're, we counsel people on how to do that. Just buy another primary, rent the old one, help them leapfrog from one house to another. Got people with rental portfolios. And sometimes they're just, they get way, especially when people manage themselves, if they're really nice people, they'll get way behind on the rents. They're charging $1,500 a month and they should be charging $2,500. Right. So and you and I look at that performance percentage. What's that for? That's for your retirement. If you want to be nice, go give go give to church. And, and give to church. Right. But don't, you know, it's funny. I, I just see so many people. I, so we, I love managing the portfolios and seeing people have the success and update them. Hey, your house went up to 450. 
and you're cash flowing an extra $1,500 a month because we've raised the rents the past three years. So things like that, I really enjoy. Yeah, that's what I like about what you do is you help them to build like a portfolio, Mm -hmm. not just most people are like, oh, this is your most valuable asset and let's Mm -hmm. maximize that. It gets into something else, but maybe the person's in a position where they're not a first-time home buyer and maybe their kids are a little older, maybe they're set for Mm -hmm. college and having those deep conversations, it's not just the property, Mm -hmm. it's the person in their overall situation. Some of what we do is the therapy and and it's funny, I've had people have the, the, the old Matthew McConaughey movie, Failure to Launch. (laughs) <laughs> I've had some people that need to move on and need to get another house. And they still got the 25 year old kid living with them. I'm like, well, I'll bring you a lease for the new home. You know, let's sign them up. Let's sign the kid up on a lease. And their eyes light up like, let's do that. You know, let's make some money. But it's just helping people with whatever's right for their family situation. Maybe mom and dad need to come back to live with them and they can't be in a two story or they need to get closer to mom and dad in a different part of town or they're tired of cutting the grass. They want to travel. We need a condominium or a townhome. And just solving those problems for people is really, it's funny. I learned something probably almost every couple transactions. We have something where we look at each other in the office and say, what's going on? Where'd that come from? Where'd that rule come from? But how do we fix it? I have very few transactions that actually fall apart. And part most of that's probably because my screening up front, making sure we got the money set up and the buyer's good and not flaky. And, but then along the way, we'll come up things like, you know, we now, right now, probably a big problem on, you know, besides interest rates, if they can qualify, great. But insurance is a big problem, Yes, you know, and 15 year old roofs. Well, roof can last 20, 25 years sometimes. So if, right. you know, things like that come up and we're like, how do we solve this problem? Plus address the seller say, well, Mr. Seller, you do have to buy a roof for $18,000, you know, if we're going to get this done, that kind of thing. Or we do have to contribute $12,000 to the buyers for a buy down because otherwise they can't really afford it. They don't want to do the 7% interest rate. They want the first year at five, next year at six, that kind of thing, and buy downs is what we're using a lot of right now. So in every every situation, we I think we, we have something we'll come across, like how do we solve this problem? But it, it never changes. There's just some, you know, it's always a serious problem. It, it, is, it is, yeah. So <laughs> one thing that I felt was interesting that I just ran across, and you're you were talking about multiple generations, is I'm seeing there's granny flat now have you heard any of that i've seen homes like some of the builders have built-in suites like in separate entrance but kitchenette like a little apartment for mom for mom or grandma and grandpa in-laws or outlaws we'll see that it's funny when i have a house with a separate in-law suite that's a one-bedroom studio or an extra you know building that's kind of hard to find especially in town you know and especially you get you know in the metro area you get where they're leveling old homes and building two-story homes There'll be a master down and a master up, but you know, mom and dad, if they're in their eighties, might not be able to make those steps. Right. So um, it's, it's interesting when you see stuff like that. Um, but I haven't heard about the granny flats. Oh yeah. It's a called accessory dwelling unit. I believe it was Lake or Osceola County just passed an ordinance that will allow them to like add an extra unit that to a piece of property. Yeah. If there's, if there's space for it, that, that yeah. can be useful because they sell the, you know, the she sheds and the he sheds yeah. and stuff like that now. Usually what would stop something like that. That's good. If it's like an HOA or yeah, yeah, you, but need it, the, you need the plumbing. So that's usually where the impact is and tying into the sewer and the water and all that stuff. But that's good if they can do that. And there's a land for it. It's always, there's always a use for it. You've probably so, seen it in other areas that are more rural that they can actually yeah, do that yeah, and build, build that and not, homes, not yeah. as prohibitive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you enjoy most about what you do? You talked about solving problems. That's probably yeah, a big part I say of it. After it's all done, I just, because I always, when I sit down with somebody, I always find out their goals, not just to get the household. Why are you selling the house? Kids are going off to college. We need to get closer to mom. We really want that with the view of the water, whatever it might be. I like helping them reach those goals. And I try, I try not to be, my first couple of years in real estate probably were transactional where I never, you know, I didn't really talk to people after that. But now I keep in touch with my clients and do client parties 
Cookies with Santa we've got coming up. Yes. We're taping this in, de- in uh, December. And as do those things, I like to know what's going on with them and how can I help? Because I don't do any advertising. You know, about probably three quarters of my business is from business professionals like yourself that I work mm-hmm. with and my old clients is saying, hey, you got to call the Loveland team. They'll do a good job for you. So I know I just met with somebody yesterday. They got their first rental with me. I met the guy 15 years ago and we planned on how to make his first house he bought here in Florida a rental, got him his dream home. And now we're looking another couple of years to help with his retirement, do one more rental. And he knows and we did the math on when that'll all be paid off and how much income we'll have coming in in the next 15 years. Um, things like that. I really enjoy it. Really. It, it seals the deal on knowing that I'm really accomplishing something because I, I couldn't deliver babies. I couldn't stand the sight of blood. So, you know, so it's the real estate is the next biggest thing. So helping people with a home. So. Well, I think when you're working with someone that's been in the industry, as long as you had, you've been mm-hmm. through the ups, you've been through the downs. And mm-hmm. then also you're not going to be like someone else that's short-sighted, like where maybe if the person does have the wherewithal to do a rental unit, but then another person might be like, well, I could make this much commission if I sell the sell, property, sell the but you yeah. don't, yeah. it doesn't matter as much to yeah. you. You want the overall longer result. Yeah, like I do. I just feel that help. I just love that wealth building and that. And I didn't start getting investment properties. I sold my first two homes. I could kick myself for that. I should have kept them because <laughs> um, now they're worth four times what I sold them for or three times what I sold them for. And it's like building that wealth. So many people aren't taught these things. You're not taught in high school, not taught in college and in investment classes or anything like that, where a good rental property will pay you. What is cash flow? Well, now we've got such a highly consumptive society. We'll spend 1500 bucks on an iPhone, but won't think about refinancing to a lower rate or get a 15-year mortgage. So one day we're building equity quicker. The house is paid off. And none of that's taught in school. And I've seen what works and what doesn't. I'm sure you see it on your level with yes. commercial properties too. Highly successful people and how they leveraged assets to get ahead and make and create a, you know, a living. I've had a lot of clients been able to unlock their equity to do other things or they've had a lot more stability in their life because they're not constantly mm-hmm. having to uproot their business. They're not beholden to a landlord saying, yeah. well, I'm sorry, your rent's going up 40%. Yeah. Yeah. And there's nothing that anybody can do about it yeah. because you either, okay, you pay the ransom or yeah. you got to move your business. And is there anywhere else to move your business to? Yeah. I learned early on in my career, helping people to cross the bridge to investor class, mm-hmm. as far as business is concerned, provide people with the greatest level of success. Yeah. Because there's just too many times that well, you, like real estate and automotive dealerships makes the most millionaires out of any 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 profession in America, you know. And it's just it's a simple way. Somebody that buys uh, uh, buys their office they're running their business out of, or their warehouse commercial uh-huh. warehouse for three or four hundred thousand dollars, and they've got one house they're in, and they move to their dream home, and maybe buy one more rental, three pieces of properties, well over a million dollars, and then once that's paid off, it's good equity. Yeah, a good investment for you to help with your retirements. You know, we don't know about the Wall Street and the, our Social Security and things like that. It's a good stability uh, adds to that platform stability. Well, then that's, I'm just thinking too. You've been through this so long. You mm-hmm. know that every time there is these lows, mm-hmm. it's not the same lows as before. There's yeah, new. Listen, yeah, like you have a different. Like, you have a different threshold really from what you jump. Bu- this is not a bubble we're in right now. No. It's very different because yeah. I started just after all the high inflation and 13, 14% interest rates had faded and rates were in the eights mm-hmm. when I started in sevens. And we were in a little recession then in the early nineties. And then I had builders, you know, their home in central Florida was 200,000 for a nice new home. And the builders were building and spending 220 and having to sell them for 210, trying mm-hmm. to stay in business. And then things slowly kept climbing. And then 2001, after 9-11, things kind of took off built us up to that bubble with the irresponsible lending. Yes. And I've seen what works and what doesn't. Where we're at right now with these, I mean, these are actually regular interest rates. We're just yeah. 
our central Florida market is very fortunate because people move here from the rest of the country. Yes. And from other parts of Florida, you know, Southwest Florida just got hit by that hurricane. And just, I got people coming here from there and I have people moving in off the coast. So they can sell an expensive home on the East or West coast of Florida and come in town here. Or just, and we're so sprawl or sprawled out. They can get a great house, you know, for half what they sold their house for in, in Southwest or on the East coast of Florida, the West coast of Florida. But I just think our market right now, it's just, it's, it's different and it should settle down. But we're still selling homes right now. It's like I, I remember at the peak of the bubble, the bad times, you know, 80% of everything listed was a foreclosure or short sale mm. and nobody could buy. Like the number of sales in Central Florida dropped so far down. It was ridiculous. Like there's hardly anything going yeah, on. There's nothing and right now we're still, we're just back to 2017 or 18 with a, it's still a good number of sales. And there's still a shortage of homes for sale. Like a, there's still a seller's market where prices are going to keep going up. And then even in commercial, which tends to follow, yeah. you know, residential, we, we are still having really great activity. And I'm seeing mm-hmm. the same thing where we saw a lot of interstate activity mm-hmm. and migration from up north. But now I am seeing as well in commercial mm-hmm. that people are considering moving up here, moving their business up mm-hmm. here. And there, there's still a lot of activity to our Orlando, We're which I think will make it unique. Yeah. yeah, COVID really amplified that Florida is affordable and less better taxes, less taxes, things like that. And our real estate was cheap compared to like New England. You're not knee deep in snow four months out of the year, things like that. Or in the mid, you know, Wisconsin, you know, Minnesota somewhere um, where it's really cold six months out of the year. Coming here, I mean, they get great weather. We don't have earthquakes or wildfires. We might get a bad storm every five years or so, but it's just a, it's a great market. We're still less expensive than the rest of the country, um, most of the rest of the country. Mm. So talking about the stats, though, you were compared to where we were like a, a year ago. Where where do you see that where we are? And of course, this is going to air a little bit later. But yeah, it'll uh, probably, and it'll probably be the same whenever this does air. The inventory doubled about three months ago and rates came up from four into the sixes. Yes. And it doubled, but the sales didn't really drop that much. They came down because of low or higher interest rates. There's less sales. We're down about 30 percent the number of sales. But the good thing is the number of homes entering the market is not ballooning like it did during the bubble. There's no okay. there's no distressed properties. You get a lot of people saying, I'm going to stay put for a while because they got a 3% interest rate. They might have a 2% interest rate on a 15-year mortgage. So they're going to, they don't need to move. The, the, the frenzy was caused by all the people that could sell. They made a bunch of equity real quick. They could get another mortgage at the same or lower interest rate. And there was no consequences to selling. Besides moving, they got a better house. Yeah. They made some money and they got a better house for the same payment or less. And that's what fueled a lot of that because mm. there wasn't a lot of speculation going on in there wasn't people buying a bunch of rentals and things like that i just think we're going to be in a steady seller's market like we were ignore covid and like that covid blip where things sped up kind of naturally to because the interest rates got so low but i really think it's going to be um we're back to just a steady market of about three thousand sales a month and we don't slow down much during the winter it might go down to 27 2800 and 3500 during the summer but it's just it's just average um, activity, and so it's been staying steady. You've seen yeah. the last and few the builders, months, and yeah. we're kind of at this like equilibrium. And, and you the don't see anything. have adjusted their prices, and sellers. You know, I see what I see. The, the inventory has also climbed. A lot of people think the market's still rising. They're going too high. They remember their neighbor that sold for five fifty because he had ten offers and he took the one. He's listed for five hundred and had somebody offer him five fifty. He probably still needs to be listed in the fives, low fives. He listed yeah. at five ninety nine. Right. That's not really a listing. It's not on the market really. Right. It's, it's too high. People have so much information on their phones. They look around three other listings. They look at what's selling. They're obviously going to go for the best condition and best price. That never changes. So I just think we'll, we'll roll into a steady market. Everybody's saying interest rates by next year should be back down into the fives, hopefully, or fours. Mm-hmm. All for six months to a year from now, who knows? 
but stock market should be doing better. You know, high-end sales haven't really slowed down here. We don't have a ton of high-end listings. You know, people buying million a million dollars and up. There's still areas that are hot with no listings in them. There's some areas saturated. Um, I was in a zip code in Apopka the other day. Every builder and their brother built homes from 2,900 to 4,400 square feet. And over the past 10 years, that neighborhood's just saturated with builders doing that. Plus, there's five new builders working their way along the 429. I know what you're talking about. I was so, driving out to the, the the tree farm. So there's 50 yeah. listings in that price point. Well, you got to be the best one, you know, to fight that, you know. So you know, the builders are still at what it might be 250 a square foot, 275 a square foot. You got to be less than what new construction costs, things like that. So it's just a steady market. I'll go into other neighborhoods where there's still I get multiple offers on stuff below 350. You know, good starter home. And so because our starter home prices now, um, you're lucky to get something below 350 in a good area that's in good shape. And then you go into a bedroom community, you want something with a pool, you're going to be up in the fours, depends on where you're at. Yeah. You go into a high-end, densely populated neighborhoods like Winter Park or Maitland or Windermere, things are going to be, might be 7, 800, 900, or a million. Yeah. Depends on what you want. So Central Florida is still compared to the rest of Florida, very affordable, good inventory. These rates will settle down eventually. And there's ways around them like now, like I said about the, the buy-downs, you know, your rate starts out the first year at 5%, then 6%. Mm-hmm. Well, you'll never get to seven because we'll probably refinance you by then. You know, my lender right. will keep in touch with you and do that. So we've worked on different products because the arms aren't really, I don't think arm mortgages are not going to be, they're not coming around because Wall Street knows that these rates are going to kind of a blip. It's kind of a blip because of inflation, they're going to go away. Okay. And, and well, I think it's, it's, I think we're seeing this too because the Fed waited too long to. Yeah, they should have done something before in the middle of COVID, but you know, they've never mastered the soft landing. They said that's what they're looking for. They never, <laughs> yeah. they never mastered it. But no matter what happens, it's funny because you know, my mom, I remember her negotiating mortgages that everybody would assume the old mortgage at 14% and they'd fight over a $20,000 second they were doing for five years at 10%. And that's how they sold the homes back then. So mm. it's it's not a bad rate, but it does affect affordability for some people. It slows down the number of sales, but it's not definitely not at a standstill. Yeah. So you obviously are active everywhere, but stress Mm -hmm. is an inevitable part of our life. You've been in this a really long time. I think Mm -hmm. some people might be freaking out, but not Mm -hmm. probably as much you because you've been through all this. But how do you how do you deal with all the activity and everything going on? As far as like work life balance or like or how do you just kind of my team allows me to do that. I've always had uh, my team. I've got three people that run the office. And I've got two salespeople that work with me mm-hmm. that are everybody. And we meet every morning and go through what's happening. We've got 10 or 15 sellers and buyers at any one time. And we're bringing people on and getting people closed out every week. We meet every morning and make sure there's no customer service issues and delegate whoever needs to call who and who needs to be where. Mm-hmm. And then I'm free to just work on real estate and help the sellers and stay in contact with them. One thing I pride myself on is biggest complaint I've heard since day one in real estate is realtors never called me back. I didn't see them for three weeks or a month, or they're on a cruise. I haven't heard from them in six weeks. And these people got to get on with their lives. I talk to my sellers every week. I guarantee them that. And there's no risk that if they're not happy with me, they can fire me at no cost. I haven't had people do that. I like to stay in contact with them and make sure everything's okay and work through the numbers with them saying, all right, look, we need to adjust your price or paint that purple bedroom but if you do sell at this price, you walk with this much money, you can still buy what you're getting over here. It just depends on their circumstances. You don't let your listings get stale. And then also the sellers know what's going on. What's funny is no matter what price point you're at, now this is Central Florida, and you can find this number, the, the absorption rate. If you're a $500,000 house, 
certain zip code, I can show you how many homes like you sold. What's the absorption rate? Right. And, and I can kind of predict that. Right now, we're probably in a point where listing prices are coming down. Not that the not the sellers aren't really losing value because they bought for much less right. years ago. So it's funny because you'll see the media play with stats on how appreciation has plummeted. It's still appreciating. It's still going right. you know, so. But me with this back to the balance, I just my team allows me to do that. I work a pretty regular schedule and I can work five and a half, six days a week, have my Sundays with my wife and family. And that keeps us pretty steady on something like that. But I know my team captain's been doing this as long as I have for 30 years. And she's she can do anything I can do and just as well because we all work together on these things. So I can take a weekend off when I do it does come around or a week vacation. And make sure my clients are always in communication. They can always call the office and get a live person, you know, yeah. not be lost in a voicemail limbo or an automated system somewhere. It's yeah, I think that's the difference. I think that if you're dealing with one person and you don't have a team behind mm-hmm. you, it'd be hard to manage. Yeah. And, and you have a like a system. It would be yeah. it one person to execute a system and then yeah. manage multiple things at one time would just yeah. be oh, impossible. Sure. I like I said at the beginning, I couldn't, I couldn't do half the things they do well. I can do real estate well and negotiate contracts and advise the sellers and buyers on what's going on you yeah. know, and say, well, that's probably not realistic or this is go through all that with them and the what ifs and what happens and things like that. So yeah, I, I'm saying I, I may be young and I could probably figure it out, yeah. but I don't even know how our our listings go into the system and it goes out to 17 different systems. I know that, but then how the sausage gets made. And then I'm just dealing with the people calling in and figuring out, are they qualified? Are they not qualified? And, but you, you always have like, you can't teach that really. You, you, you just know intuitively and, and you can tell whether a bot, someone buying or selling property, whether it's good or not. We've seen what works and what doesn't. You know, right. and, uh, and you get the people calling me saying, I need a list of foreclosures. I'm like, well, there's only two in Central Florida. So I don't know what tape, you know, what DVD you're watching about buying foreclosures, but it's not happening in this market. So there's no COVID foreclosures coming. All the different waves you see. Everybody's like looking for a quick, you know, how to get rich quick. And you and I both know it's just a, it's a slow, steady game. And, and there's no, just keep doing it. You can't get rich quick on this stuff. You know, and it's just not, no money to be made doing what we do unless you're in it for the long term. Right. And you grow a stable of clients yeah. that have properties or what other, whether, you know, properties that you can manage for them mm-hmm. or otherwise. And, uh, and then creating that, that, that stable, that's going to send you other people. Yeah. So well, awesome. And then so your radio show, you've had a radio show for 25 years. Yeah. Um, tell, tell us about it and um, where, what does it air? I'm and- on noon every Saturday on 580 AM. I've been on for about 25 years now. I've been in real estate about 26, 20, about 27. I got so lucky with that show. They needed a realtor for a weekend show. And then they got the news and the mortgage guys and the financial planners and the lawyers are on, on the Saturday formats. And a young lady had driven past my mom's sign in the eighties in this one neighborhood. She had every lot in the neighborhood listed. Her picture was on it. <laughs> they weren't selling in the eighties. She had to look at my mom's picture every day on the way to high school goes through college at UCF, gets out, goes to work at the radio station. They say, we need a realtor. She says, oh, let me call Mrs. Loveland. <laughs> she calls me. And but it was funny. What, and I think the one thing I wanted to do, I appreciate news and information. I'm a bullet point person. And yes. I love hearing just what's going on about these certain facts, about these certain subjects. And so I wanted to keep my show as news and information, as informational as possible. I'll do my listings, give people an idea of what's on the market. Where are the interest rates at? My mortgage partner, the loan arranger, helps me with that. He's on Sunday also. He's on my show. 
We just like to deliver the news to people, what's realistic and what's not. What do we see happening to people right now? Like there's an influx of people trying to sell by owner. Odds are you're going to end up getting less and, and getting taken or wasting your time for four months trying to do something like that. But on the show, I just always try and deliver as much information as possible in that 45 minutes of airtime that we've got. And I've just seen other people come and go because they get on there trying to sell like Billy Banks and OxyClean or Tybo kickboxing DVDs or something. It's just, I just like to be informational and deliver that to people. So I'll get people calling me, have been listening to the show for years. So, yep, it's time for me and the wife to move. But I love what you've been doing for listening to the last 10 years. And they'll call me, you know, it's just a great format and a great station delivers a lot of news to everybody. People depend on it for the weather and things like that or when a hurricane rolls through. But I just like to be that resource for what's really going on. You know, oh, did your show still go on when we had those hurricanes recently? Yes, and we do. <laughs> we said my mortgage guy has his own studio, so we'll take that. Yeah, we said we do. I mean, that's funny. I remember I, get, I got <laughs> mad the first, the second year I was doing the show. I got mad because they preempted me for Bill Clinton getting impeached. I'm thinking, and the guy goes, "Hey, listen, because I know you pay for the show, but that's a little bit bigger than you." I'm like, all right. You know, so if it bleeds, it leads the media. That's what I always think. You always think about when you read about news. It's like, what headline are they really trying to get to? When you read about something in our markets, about what's happening, mm-hmm. they're talking about the national market, just one state. They're talking about Florida. They're talking about Central Florida. And that's what I do is let people know what's going on in Central Florida. And I'll take an article. It talks about how appreciation has plummeted. And okay, we're at 12% a year instead of 20, like we were, you know, right. that's, kind of, that's the way the numbers come in. So you just got to have somebody out there to interpret that for you and give you the real news. So And adjust it for, for the market. Yeah. And, and, the, and the fact is that people are always going to need a place to stay yeah. and, and, and to live. Yeah. And so, especially rental prices have not come down at all. That you, Those have spike, you? That was the only good thing for, I mean, for landlords and mm-hmm. interest rates spiking, things like that. Rent prices spiked too. You know, the days of the $1,500, three bedroom, two bath, two car garage house are gone. Yeah. I'd be scared. It's probably not the owner you're talking to. It's <laughs> you're being kept. It's, it's somebody, yeah, somebody yeah. fake yeah, on the internet. Yeah. So, <laughs> on Craigslist telling uh, you. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's gone up nicely. I think that's kind of stabilized now because inflation, you know, and everything's kind of more expensive. But just like that, when when I have landlords trying to do that, I, I met a gentleman trying to rent a house for thirty five hundred. I said, "You need to be twenty nine. I said, "And if you try this for two months, you know, you're losing six grand instead of trying to get that seven mm-hmm. grand. Just lay those numbers out for them." And a lot of people do that. So the important thing is get somebody in there to take care of it, get it off your plate. That you go do what you do to make more money, right? And we'll manage it, reduce the vac- vacancy, yeah. and yeah. get the cash yeah. flow going. Yeah, money every week and something like that's eight hundred bucks, you know, or seven hundred dollars. So, but helping people explain that to them. Most of my landlords understand that. And it's just, it's funny. I caught one of my landlords one time. He's planting flowers at a house. I go, what are you doing? He goes, well, the tenant asked for flowers. I go, we'll ask you to come do the dishes too. I'm like, don't, do she's not even <laughs> One of the smartest guys I know owned a bunch of commercial property and some residential properties I sold for him. He never told his tenants. He told them he was the handyman. They never knew he was the owner. And they were almost like offended. He had one tenant, a long-term tenant in the big commercial building. They were like really offended one day when he went there to shake hands with a new buyer and, and kind of show him some things. And the tenants were like, you're the owner. They, they're like, they were hurt. Like they've been deceived, you know, but it's like, that's sometimes that's the simplest way because it is a business and you don't want to get emotionally involved with that. Right. One of the worst things you can do is put a family member or a friend in, a, in one of your rental properties, unless there's you know, <laughs> clear lines defined on what you want from that. Um, or if you want to lose money, I have people bring me rentals that are, you know, getting way too little rent or they're way beat up when they shouldn't be things like that. So I enjoy handling that part of it and helping people maximize the money they're making on something like that. Well, you have to be more business minded uh, about it. I I had, I do have a client that had a similar situation. She bought a property 
And I've been helping to kind of counsel her through it mm-hmm. because she was being way too, too nice to them. Mm-hmm. And they, they, yeah, they if, all, if all but not, had them come her come over and, you know, you know clean up the place, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, no, I, I, the only evictions <laughs> I've ever done knock on wood were on or one of my own properties. Actually, I have done another one, but it was that person just something bad happened, but um, lost a job and wouldn't move. We had to do an eviction, but I had one that I was just very nice. I got slow played. And end up with her there three more months instead of just filing it. So my manager, I, I usually, I, I just confirm, yep, do it. I don't go talk to them or see them or, or try and get involved and try and be nice to them. Odds are they're not paying. You just got to treat it as a business, you know, and if they're not paying, get the, the excuses payers. aren't going to stop. Yeah. It's going to keep going. They, they get worse. So <laughs> something like that. So we want a pretty good portfolio there. When you do the screening process up front, you do that right. You don't have any problem tenants. When you hear a bad story about a rental, Usually you can go back to where there was no screening process. They didn't check enough stuff. So, or they let one time, they let them pay late and later and later. And also they're a month behind, things like that. So what's your idea of success? Success, really, I love what I do. My team's always sold about 100 homes a year. We're looking to do a little bit more, always trying to push that up a little bit. I'm probably going to add some people to my team. And really, I would just like to be, I've been doing this long enough. I think we've been successful at it. My team has, and I have, I just want to slide back to, couple of blessed days a week. I've got two dynamite agents in my team. I want to have four uh-huh. that have their own little teams with me. And we all work together on getting the right things done. I really enjoy now watching my employees grow and buy their own houses and do their, you know, and their families benefit from their careers. And I, and I mean, providing that benefit for them. So I just think sometimes these agents that get in the business and they hang their licenses in a place that has no training or, oh, wow, we get hundred percent commission, but there's nobody telling you what to do. Right. And they're in and out of the business. Average, I think the average lifespan of an agent is their career length is like 18 months and they sell four homes. Yeah. And, and, and National Association of Realtors says we're going to lose 30% of the realtors over the next year. That's probably a good thing because if they can't, if they're hobbyists, they don't know what how to counsel people and they have a friend they think that might need to buy or sell, they should probably refer them to a professional like you or me. And we'll get them if they are a real buyer or seller, we'll, uh-huh. we'll help them and get them on the road. So, but I think for me, success is just a little less work and growing my team and where I've already established a, a name in this market. It's funny. I talk about how I probably in my ads for the radio, I talk about how if you look up and down your street, I've sold one of those rooftops. My family has, or we've helped buy. Or you might have sold it twice. Yeah. And, and, and <laughs> I've, helped, I've helped manage it. It's really neat when I drive by a house and I think I was there. So, but I just think that it's a little less work, a little more time to enjoy myself, but I have a lot of fun. I need a lot of clients even just doing my hobbies that I do. Yeah. So. Yeah, tell us about your hobbies. I, I compete shooting pistols professionally. Not professionally, I just compete shooting pistols. I'm a bit of a car nut and I'm working out a couple of days a week. So I'll do that. So I'll meet people there and like helping them with their houses. I just, I just, I'll meet some people that just have some, especially the younger generation, their 20s and 30s, who just don't know what's right and what's wrong. Nobody taught the stuff that you and I have learned on right. these things. So and like my mom was a great realtor for, for 30 years. She worked in the business. But she didn't take any risk on investment properties. And so that's uh, something I've learned over the past 20 years. And I really enjoy passing that along. And I've watched the people that do really well with it. So in commercial and in residential, what, what works best? Well, as soon as I was able, I bought the building that we're in. Now we have sold it because I wanted to reinvest. I bought two properties right next to each other in downtown. Mm-hmm. I'm actually working on getting another one next to it. Uh-huh. So that has a lot of different possibilities. Yeah. So, But it's like all about kind of thinking. You wouldn't have, want anybody that's, representing you on a house that mm-hmm. hasn't owned a house and the same thing commercially some somebody has to like understand that and yeah. have been through the yeah. process to to advise you well, it amazes me especially with first-time buyers the fears they have and it's like okay if you're qualified for the mortgage and they say you're good to 450 i've never had somebody buy a house 
and not make the payments. Like if you qualify, I've never had somebody like for, get foreclosed on. Like unless you just like totally went off the rails and didn't pay your bills. Like why would that not have this? The, but the fear is so immense. I even had that fear in my first house. Mm. I think my mortgage payment was five hundred dollars. You know. My, but what was your alternative? If you didn't buy the house, you're gonna well, you're the, gonna the yeah, things they yeah. go through the road, yeah. the mental yeah. roadblocks they put up, and that's what we do is we walk people over these. They think they're mountains. We just walk them through this, you know, yeah. turn them into speed bumps. Say, look, this is what you're worried about. You know, and this is exactly the cash you'll need. This is what your budget's going to look like. Are you good with that? And okay, great, go. I've never had somebody, you know, two months later saying, I'm not going to make the mortgage payments. Like they did. Well, People, and your mortgage is locked in versus yeah. what's your alternative that you rent. continue to rent. Mm-hmm. And then the landlord could come yeah. to you and say, I want $500 mm-hmm. more a month. I think it, you or got. Move, or move back in with mom and dad. So. <laughs> I always tell my, uh, my empty nesters, I'm like, all right, let's sell that house before they move back in. Make it smaller. <laughs> so I've done that too. I can help plan for that too. Do you have anyone that's been a mentor to you? Yeah. My, my coaching company, the core training, um, Rick Ruby, uh, Rita Casey was a great realtor here in central Florida is a great realtor. She's retired from real estate. She's still involved with the coaching company. They started a program because a lot of trainers are not like, there was a lot of real estate trainers and they did real estate for a year or two and they did well at it. But then they became trainers and they weren't dealing with the problems we dealt with every day. And mm. Rick Ruby and Rita started a training company for realtors and lenders that taught us the basics of a profit and loss and our personal budget. Are we saving enough money to get out of the business one day and retire mm. and have a good life for our families? Are they are we tracking our leads? Where are the leads coming from? And, and just being able to see what those people do. They are in the business. They're not out. They are right. still in it dealing with all the stuff we're dealing with and 7% interest rates or how to deal with you know, it's kind of funny dealing with multiple offers. You know, you listed something and it's like, oh my gosh, what do I do? I got 20, you know, things like that. And that's a good problem to have. But this market right now, really what we're looking at is professionals that like yourself, that, you know, know people that want to buy or sell need help. And we just want to trust a professional because there's going to be, like we said, there's going to be a bleeding, a bloodletting of people getting out of the business. You don't want somebody. And I see, it's kind of obvious. Well, I'll see where it's obvious is when I see a house that was listed for 500 and it sold for 450. Why on earth wouldn't you reduce that list price to 490, 489.9 and give a counter offer at 485? And that's right. And that, and I can almost say it was probably desperation on the part of the realtor to get a paycheck. And they mm. said, Oh, you got to go this lower. We're not going to sell. Whereas most homes are still selling. There's yeah. numbers out there. Most homes are still selling within. You might have to just tweak it or I mean, come up with something they new. They were selling about one or two percent, three percent above list price. Now they're probably 98, 99%. And so you don't go 50, you don't go 10% off list price. No. You know, it doesn't happen unless something's grossly, grossly overpriced. So I'll see that happen sometimes. But I just think that's wealth that was flushed down the toilet. That's the family's equity. You know, what could they do with that? Or if you're buying something and overpaying for something or not getting the closing costs or, you know, stretching to put 20% down. Why don't you do 10% and then let's pay off the car? Things like that. I help people with that all the time. So, And which one gets you the most bang for your buck at long term? Yeah. yeah. So. Well, awesome. Is there anything else you'd like to share or where do people find you? Uh, they can find Loveland Properties on lovelandreport.com every Saturday at noon on the radio. You can call my office at 407-352-818. A live person will answer and I will be the one that comes to see you if you're selling or buying a house. Um, one of my team be happy to work with you. I really enjoy this. Thanks for the opportunity, Amy. And it's been a pleasure to work with you guys. You run a great team here and you're a great resource when it comes to the commercial side. I love it. I love what I do. Mm-hmm. So believe it or not, in commercial, we're still getting multiple offers. That's good. You know, still That's like good. And good to know there's a bright spot there. Yeah. So, so things are things are adjusting on the residential side. Hopefully, if this, I think if the financial side and Wall Street kind of <laughs> catches it footing and they start saying inflation inflation is subsiding, we'll see a little more normalcy return. Because that's that's what's weird right now. Like I've been through some slowdowns. It's like hard to know what to expect right now. Like right. we haven't had the bad inflation, and you know. 
high interest rates and a high average, 7%. Yeah. So it's interesting to see. So um, thank you again. Yeah, if you want to lease out your property, have it managed, or if you're looking to sell or to buy or otherwise just looking for some real estate advice, Loveland Properties is where to go, Cleve. And he's been a great resource for me and my team. And then be sure, as always, to like, subscribe, share all the different things so other people can listen to these podcasts.